you for joining another episode of Mothers Who Are on Violence. This is Yolanda Wallace, and I'm your host. We're listening to 89.9 FM here at WCBU. We thank all of our sponsors, and I'm going to introduce our guest for today. Her name is Miss Rachel Parker. Thank you for joining me, Rachel. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I invited you to the studio today so that we could talk about um, your your son and what we've been trying to do together and um, what you think needs to be done in the city. So we'll start off by you telling us about your son and what happened to him. And Okay, well, on the night of June 3rd, 2020, I had... Um, come home from the bakery. Mm-hmm. I was working late that night and I got a phone call. It was about 11, sometime after 11. I don't know exactly the time. Uh, from his girlfriend saying, had I talked to him that day? Mm-hmm. And so I told her, no, I hadn't. And I could tell in her voice that something was wrong. Well, first of all, when the phone rang at 11 something at night and I saw her name pop up, I mm-hmm. knew something was wrong. But even before that, let me go back a little bit. When I got home from the bakery, I was sitting on the couch talking to someone on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then while I was talking, you know how your phone buzzes and you can tell someone's calling you? Well, I looked and it was Michelle and I was like, okay. So I clicked over and um, she asked me how to talk to Ryan. I said no. And then she said, they said Ryan got shot. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, I had just heard gunshots because it was just down the street from me. So I had heard the gunshots when I was talking on the phone thinking that it happened on Knoxville mm-hmm. because that's how close it sounded, but not knowing it was just two blocks the other way. On Bigelow. On mm-hmm. Bigelow. And so after she said it, my heart just sunk because I knew I just heard. And I said, where is he? And she said, down the street from you. Mm-hmm. And um, so, of course, I immediately, you know, um, got my stuff together and went down the street. Well, the police had everything, all those cars everywhere, right. police cars and tape and everything. Ambulance, and I couldn't even see tape because they wouldn't even let me get down that far. I was on Nebraska, um, and I got out of the car. I just pulled up to the edge of the street, got out of the car, and the cop was there, and I asked her, could I go down the street? I said, I heard my son might have gotten shot. Can I mm-hmm. go down there? And she said, no, I can't let you down there. So by the time she said that, I... I saw an ambulance pulling away, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I'm just going to follow the ambulance. So I get back right. in my car, and I just follow the ambulance, praying the whole time that that's not him in that right. car. Mm-hmm. So then I get to the hospital, and the ambulance pulls up, and I couldn't even get out of the ambulance. I was too scared to get out, so I sat there, and I wish I would have got out because I just wanted to—I just should have gotten out. Um, Anyway, okay. I finally got the nerve to get out of the ambulance, and I it was during COVID, so they wouldn't let me go in to mm-hmm. the hospital. So I stood outside the the door. The lady came to the door. I told her why I was there. She told me to just wait. Mm-hmm. So I waited outside. Um, I called my friend Chris back and told him that I was at the hospital. That Ryan had gotten, they said Ryan had gotten shot, but I didn't know if it was him or not. Well, in the meantime, some of his friends are... Whomever came up there asking me, you know, about him, mm-hmm. and that was him. But nobody knew any information, or they wouldn't tell me. 
you know, how bad it was. So um, I just waited outside. And then finally a nurse came out and she said that it was him, um, that they were working on him. And I asked her how bad it was and she would, she said, I can't say, I just know that they're working on him. Right. Um, so I waited and I don't even know, it seemed like a really long time, but I don't know how long it was. And then she was coming out again and she had the chaplain with her. And as soon as I seen them walking toward me, I knew, I just knew it. And then she mm -hmm. said, um, are you Ryan's mom? And I said, yes. And then she started to say, I'm sorry, but the only thing I heard was I'm, and then I just yeah. fell to the ground. I don't even remember after that. And what so, year was that? That was June 3rd, 2020. And it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Sometimes no. it, 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 you know, I bet you have times when you hear about the gunshots that yeah. happen in the neighborhood yeah. that remind you. Yeah. I can't even watch a show anymore where they're shooting yeah, yeah. because it just—I I don't know—it just hits you totally different. Yep, yep. I I totally get that. I <sighs> sometimes it's hard for me to watch the news sometimes too because it's overwhelming. It kind of makes a trigger effect that continues to keep happening, which is yeah. why we're having this episode today about the unsolved murders in our city. Um, in 2021 there was 34 people who had been killed by gunshots, and um, there was a total of 14 unsolved murders in that year. Um, the year Ryan was killed, there's about maybe seven or eight unsolved murders that year as well. Um, it continues to be something that no one's talking about, and I know that when it comes to um, what's caring about what's happening in our city and we're looking at violence and we're right on the brinks of starting cure violence and we're on the brinks of trying to, you know, all these thousands of dollars pouring into the city for stop the violence or nonviolent or prevention of violence and stuff like that. Um, I've been to going to the safety net meetings to you know, um, just to see what they're about. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been off for some medical reasons, and um, and I just went to visit just to see what they're like and stuff like that. And I am uh, really surprised that the topic has never come up. About unsolved murders? Mm, right. Mm -hmm. It's not one of the things. Um, most of the time when I hear about why they think these murders happen, it's because of the music. It's because of the, um, you know, video games. video games or something like that. Uh, parents aren't watching their kids or something like that. Or the kids are out of control. They're teenagers. But I've never heard that. Is it possible? And so I brought it up at one of the safety net meetings. And I, I said to them, I said, you know, there's so many unsolved murders that are in our Peoria area. And I hear us talking about violence in these meetings, and I don't hear not one person say or mention that maybe the unsolved murders is contribute to the violence in our area. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's everything, but I'm just saying don't overlook that. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, 
the, there are to each victim that has been murdered there are family they have parents um, they have friends and these people make up our community and how many children are being raised right now without their fathers yeah. you know they're they they have an uptake on uh, female um, you know who are doing crimes and stuff like that or females that are even being killed but it does not come close to the number of African-American men uh, who are being killed. Now, we have some minorities in, I mean, you know, not minorities, but some uh, whites and maybe one or two, uh, you know, Hispanics, but the majority every year has been African-American men. I think what we don't do is, like you're saying, is put it in front of people's faces enough. Mm -hmm. Because you do, you forget. Mm -hmm. if, especially if it didn't affect you personally. Right. It's easy to forget. Yeah. But if there was just some way, and I know there's crime stoppers, and for mm -hmm. a while they even ran, you know, and I always, and mm -hmm. I'm going to call them again since it's getting mm -hmm. ready to come up on his anniversary again. Right. To run it again. But to me, why stop running them? That, to me, crime stoppers should be something that is run constantly and that keeps running until they get results it used to um and i i even had a conversation with them um about um uh the president uh mrs kramer trying to figure out what they do and since post-covid they don't really have a lot of money i i guess i don't know but <laughs> but it's i mean you know because during the COVID year, they weren't able to raise money, and sometimes a lot of things come by donations. But but if they're not solving them, they're not paying anybody out anyways. So there should be money stored up somewhere. That's true, um, which is why we tried to help. I mean, um, the with the Who Killed Me poster campaign, but that still doesn't seem to be enough. But with that being said, what are the effects that you, because you have participated in the Who Killed Me poster campaign, what are the effects that you have noticed when those posters are out there? Have you noticed anything that maybe it, because the only thing I've ever heard from some of our families is that it stirs up the name, it stirs up the, mm -hmm. stirs the pie, it gets people talking about mm -hmm. them again, about what happened, who knew what right. and things like that. Right. And I don't see anything wrong with the posters being up. I know you have said that there's some where you've put them up and the next thing you go and they're taken down. Um, but, you know, we've got one posted outside our shop and people mm -hmm. have said and when they've come in or even at the stores, my mm -hmm. daughter has been stopped before and people mm -hmm. were like, they either sell the poster mm -hmm. or they knew who Ryan was and, right. and they recognize her because she looks so much like, like him. Like him, she does. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't see any harm with putting those up you know, anywhere we can put them up and then keeping them out there or passing them out if you're at a certain place and say, hey, you know, this is still an unsolved murder. Right. Just I've looking for somebody to say something. Mm -hmm. I've called on um, two agencies and actually went and took those posters to them myself. Uh, and they were um, Carver Center and um, PCAF because I know that um, they have more manpower than yeah. I would have, yeah. you know, uh, volunteers to come out to help me just to see if we ask outside of the box uh, for the community's help with all the community agencies that we have in place around mm -hmm. here, if we could get the help. Um, I, I haven't seen them out yet, but, I mean, I did go and ask them and tell them about what we've done, and we've been doing that for 10 years. The ironic thing about it is that 
Rachel, you have been supportive of the Day of Remembrance, the John Buckley Memorial mm -hmm. Garden, uh, all these things prior to Ryan uh, and what happened to your son. And do you see any difference than you did then? Then Difference in, in what? How exactly? things are now as far as resources and help. Well, I, mean, I, I can't really speak to beforehand because, again, if right. you're not going through it, you don't pay as much attention to it. Right. And that's, I think, with anything. But Right. Um, and I think that that's probably part of why we can't reach the people we want to reach because it hasn't touched them yet. But let it be one of their kids. Mm -hmm. Let it be one of their family members. Then everything's going to change, you know. So it's like with everything else. Unless it affects you directly, I'm not going to say you don't care, but you don't have that same connection to it. And so it, it kind of mm -hmm. gets put on the back burner a lot. And um, the other thing is we, we had a um, billboard last year for the 10th year anniversary. It, it was probably a strange thing. That, and, and before I put up these billboards and stuff like that, um, I notify the family to let mm -hmm. them know this is about to go up. Yeah. You, know, you know, I turned you down the you, first time you came to me. For the I was Who like, Killed no. Me poster campaign. Right. Yeah. Because at first I was like, was no, like, I don't want that out there. No. You know, but then I got, why wouldn't I want that out there? Because yeah. I want somebody to say something. And how are you going to say something if you don't even know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so. And I think out of sight is out of mind. And I think the the posters and the billboards are a reminder to the children of the the tragic, murderous things that have happened in the past yeah. that nobody's talking about right now. So we all want to talk about, we want to live. Some of these kids don't know uh, if they're going to live past 16, yeah. if they're going to get to 18, if they're going to be 21. Okay, we and we don't know that either, but I think that we should try our best to put it out in the forefront that these things have happened they're unsolved murders and you know we should think before we start playing a video game and going to go get a gun and shoot somebody I mean in the safety net meeting we also found out a lot of the shooters were starting to be teenagers you know um, but if you won't have these pictures on you know yeah. in front of them to realize these are real life people these they do have family then you're I don't think that the kids are going to really uh, connect with it as much, mm -hmm. but when when you when you heard the billboard was up, did, what what were some of the things that you heard about it? Some people told me they'd seen it, um, and just wondered if that was the only one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, was this something that was going to continue to go on? And yeah, so and that all would depend on funding and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And a lot of times. Um, majority of our, our families affected by gun violence, they don't have any money. And we have been supporting ourselves and our families for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. To me, that's kind of sad. And some of them that it's happened sad to are afraid to even go out. I mean, they want to stay kind of to themselves. Yes. So you, if you don't know who did it, then why do you want to put yourself out there? You know? Yeah, so. I have. I understand that. And I hear people saying that as well. But I feel like with all the federal funds and government money that we get here coming to Peoria, on the state level, on the federal level, why isn't it a priority? That mm -hmm. is a question that I have for all the city council, the states, uh -huh. 
representatives for the all yeah. of them. Now I do know I, I have spoke I spoke to the police chief um, quite a bit, and I I honestly have a really good detective that's working Ryan's mm -hmm. case, and I really trust that he's doing all that he can do. Right. Um, uh, but to the police chiefs, um, I'm not like taking his side or anything, but he's trying to get. He is. More detectives, but I've he, they're not out there. I know it. I've talked you know, to him He's as got well. the money to hire them. So mm -hmm. the, the city council has given him what he needs, mm -hmm. but he can't find what he needs. So it's I kind of a catch-22. But that's um, why you have organizations like ours, and I don't think there's any other in the city who are actually trying to find out who killed someone mm -hmm. to help support the Peoria Police yeah. Department because that's, what, our part, what, we that's do. what we're doing yeah. is our part as the, the community, the mm -hmm. survivors, to try and help support the Peoria Police Department. Mm -hmm. We can't solve those crimes. We, we don't have a reward to give them. Crime Stoppers has that, but we need to have their faces out there so that people can see who we're talking about, you know. Um, and I even talked to the chief and, and different ones about partnership and agencies who actually get federal grants and stuff like that. Even Peoria Arts and, you know, all the different agencies that get federal grants and state grants about why isn't it enough help for this particular issue? Mm. It's, it's not, it doesn't seem to be something that's uh, high type priority. Because, because I don't think they know exactly what to do. I mean, they're doing their part. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but there's something missing. And I, other than people opening their mouths and saying what they saw, mm -hmm. there's something missing that's not connecting the dots so that these murders can be solved. And to me, it's but we can't find having partners. more people. How can you find partners well, that are interested, that buy into what you're saying, unless it's happened to them? True. That's but that's what I'm finding. There's it's a dead end because they're just like, no, why would I want to worry about that? I'm trying to stop him from getting there. That's what all this yeah. is for. I'm trying to stop him from getting there. I understand you are talking about prevention, yeah. but when when you are talking about prevention and you fail to realize the survivors that are left behind, mm -hmm. you're it's like we're all chasing our tails. It's mm -hmm. like we we need to find a common ground that we can. Um, support our families of unsolved murders. I mean, that's that's why I've taken it on because it's like there's no one at all dealing mm -hmm. with it. Nobody's talking to it. I talk to all the players. What 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 else do we need to do? Yeah. We can we can you know the police like you said they have a shortage of police yeah. officers. Mm -hmm. um, I I have um, I just want to tell you, Rachel. It is really like. A hard thing to even talk about the unsolved murders sometimes in um, conversations in the community and talking to different agencies yeah. some people are uh, agencies are uncomfortable with that conversation mm -hmm. because they don't have an answer and I'm not yeah. looking for an answer yeah. I'm looking for a solution to heighten the awareness mm -hmm. I've even asked different agencies um, without calling each one of their names if we could partner on a billboard so that we could continue to put that out there. And if there were other, you know, uh, organizations that wanted to, 
sponsor a billboard. Mm -hmm. We're open to that. Um, that goes to our new project of about us doing the um, playing cards for unsolved murders. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really neat idea that you found. You know that they're doing somewhere else and they, replicating that here. Exactly, and and you know these ideas are nothing I've come up with on my own. They've come from different places. Um, Rachel, you have been active in the neighborhood and the community for years. Just you know going to the neighborhood alliances and going to and so have I. That's why we went to bring things back mm -hmm. to our city, through our mayor, through our, you know, um, to make a change, to make a difference in our area. And when we bring them back, a lot of times I found we're not be able to implement the programs in our area. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't discourage me or stops me from going or trying, um, like like this program with playing the cards. It's it's an opportunity to get the face out there. It's an opportunity to um, remind the community of our tragedy so we don't continue to repeat them. Because I think if it's absent, you know, from our uh, seeing it, mm -hmm. we tend to forget about mm -hmm. the tragedies that have already happened. And um, that was one thing I had learned. We're on with the next murder, on with the next victim, on with the next yeah. uh, situation that occurs or shooting, you know. Um, and then like, the, uh, the piles pile up with the ones that are And unsolved, they are. And, and they, they get pushed they, back further and further. They get pushed back further and yeah. further. Did you explain to everyone what the cards are and letting more people know about what you're trying to do to see mm -hmm. if they want to just make a donation where they can send the money to yeah, but I have, um, I don't know if I've asked for donations from other people outside of it. I've asked our families if they wanted to donate, and that kind of helps mm -hmm. keep the printing costs, um, yeah. you know, controlled and help us to get what we need done. To, um, but uh, the biggest hurdle, I think you said, was getting enough faces on those cards. Well, that's that may be uh, one of the issues um, that I wanted to get more people involved. But when you have that stigma that people are afraid to come forward because they're afraid that of retaliation, they're afraid of all these type of things. Why? Uh, I think it's going to be a bigger challenge than what I thought. However, it's not going to stop me from filling that deck because if I have to fill that deck with. Uh, the, the same faces to fill the deck, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. We're going to get that deck filled. Why? Because it's important that those cards go out. It's important that those faces be remembered. One, it's important that the families don't feel that they're forgotten because that's the other thing that's happening in our yeah. city right now. The families are feeling left behind. We got all this new stuff going on around us. And everybody knows that the like I, like I was saying the first couple of weeks of my son being killed. I, I remember Rachel. I seen you during that time. Did you remember seeing me putting up those flyers? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. And everybody was so afraid for me that mm -hmm. I was going to die or that right. I was going to get killed or something like that. And it had jay buck you got my back you know what i'm saying do you have my back jay buck or something like that i put on there and i put them up around town and um and that was only two weeks so i just can't imagine two years uh you know as many years i i mean we have some families that have been gone 20 years without not knowing who did anything 
and there's been no support system for the unsolved murders. I mean, if there if there are, I mean, you know what I'm saying, I'm open to suggestions of ways that we mm-hmm. can try to figure this out, but um I don't know. It's it's just it's it's quite a uh interesting journey the this unsolved um murder thing. However, and just knowing um that 80% of African American um I mean, no, that, um, yeah, 80% of the homicides in Peoria, Illinois, have been African Americans. And and then we're trying. It's just like Martin Luther King said, you know, let me pull up by my bootstraps. I ain't got none. <laughs> we're doing the best that we can. Um, and I'm glad that you're here today, and I commend you for coming in to share your story because it is hard. Um, you know, the... The, th- the feelings that go along with it, um, I-, I don't like myself personally because it's hurtful to see my friend that has to go through that uh, and knowing that there's somebody out there who knows something. Right. But how can people live with themselves knowing? <laughs> you know, if I saw somebody get hurt, I don't care if they didn't get killed, if they just got hurt in a car mm-hmm. accident and I seen it, I couldn't sleep. With, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing yeah. that I saw somebody get hurt and not say anything. Right. I mean, there's ways now that you can say things without even people knowing who you are with the 211. Right. And, yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, even again through Crime Stoppers, you can make the call, even though people think, no, the police are listening or they can, mm-hmm. you know, track me down or whatever. They can't. They don't want to. They want to do what we want and that solve the case. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, and you need people to come forward to be able to st- testify right. or to that has Texas that right. says that they know that somebody did this. Because yeah. that's one thing I've noticed uh, in dealing with the unsolved murder families is that a lot of them are saying they know exactly who did it. Mm-hmm. The police know mm-hmm. of a name. They're telling. They're, um, we, we run the Who Killed Me Facebook page. And that page right now has 24K audience on there who actually are engaged with the Who Killed Me Facebook page. Okay, we're, we're, we see all this, and, and some of them um, they, that have been unsolved for some time, and you'll see them post the killer, and it's the same killer four or five times that they're saying who did it. Mm. But you don't have enough evidence mm. to, you know, convict him. Convict him. That's yeah. it's just it's just it's terrible. And so Unfortunately, you got some smart killers out there. Um, <sighs> which is really sad. It's really sad and it makes it harder and it's really harder on the family because you guys we're the ones who have to carry on after the fact. Um but we we can't give up just because we don't have you know what we think we you know want to have or whatever. But we have to. But I look at that dashboard. Can you tell me what that dashboard says about the Who Kill Me page? You need Read to those blow it numbers. Because you know I don't have my glasses on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait. What are we here? The post reached twenty four point five thousand people. Yes. Engagement twelve thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Just, um, 
that some out of all them people, yeah. I know somebody knows oh, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they look at these pictures, they share them, um, and things like that. But we need answers. We need somebody to come forward mm -hmm. so that we can let the families have peace, some type of comfort. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but what I do know is that nothing is unseen by God, that that he is not going to just let them get away with yeah. it. Some yeah. way and sometime, you know, that common thing about reaping what you sow, yeah. I believe that it comes back whether we see it that or way not. or not. Mm -hmm. You know, um, or we get to see what that reap what you sow consequence thing was. And sometimes there are other cases like mine that was solved and going through post-conviction court was just a nightmare. And, and it, most people say, what is that? Nobody knows what yeah. it is. Post-conviction court is when somebody has been killed and the law, the, 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 you know, our legislations give them the right to appeal it three times to overturn the case. Regardless of how much evidence was presented. That's right. Hmm. And then give them an opportunity. They say they do that to give them an opportunity to make sure that they can't get out um, by saying, if you don't have enough evidence to present your case, these three times that we're giving you, then it's it's a done deal. You can't get out. Hmm. So after the third time, he, ca he can't anymore. So, and if I can just give a parent just a little bit of peace, like I said, Mother's War on Violence is designed to help our families with the, the things that we're dealing with. It's, it's a war right now. It's a war to keep our kids safe out right now. It's a war out there to keep the kids from uh, not shooting each other and, you know, trying to keep them in school and get a, a career and, and things like that. It, it is a challenge right now. And, and it's, it's um, hopefully um, our families are tuning in and it's, you know, giving them some encouragement of some resources that we can, they can go to for help. Um, um, so if anyone wants to sign up for the Who Killed Me playing cards, it's best that they go through the Who Killed Me Facebook page and send a message, and then um, we'll meet with you, and you have to have a, a clear picture, one, and then two, you have to sign a photo release, and it has to be done by a parent or next of kin. Um, on, on the Who Killed Me Facebook page, um, I get people sharing pictures with me all the time of unsolved murders. Uh, and that's okay. I can share them there, but I can't put them on a billboard. I can't put them on a flyer without uh, permission, Written, yeah. yeah, consent from the families. Uh, the Peoria Police Department has been very supportive. Uh, Chief uh, S. Chaveras has been very supportive of our efforts and it just seems like, well, actually now it's about a year now, Rachel. Mm -hmm. And we fought for the gum buyback program. And they've done it twice. Mm -hmm. And they've done it twice since then. Two successful runs yes. at it. Yes, so. yes. Um, but we, we know in that area there still needs to be more. Uh, Chief S. Chaveras is doing a great job on uh, with the... The, the stops and yeah. checking the cars because that's the only way we're going to get these guns off the street. And I'm hoping that 
any of those guns, I hope that they find somebody who has a body on them guns. Mm. That's what I'm hoping, to solve one of these unsolved murders. That would be great. Um, so, but anyway, um, thank you, Rachel, for tuning in to uh, episode of Mother's War on Violence. And um, best wishes to you and your family. And we know the thank Lord you. is in the midst of all these things. And yeah. um, he is going to bring justice in some kind of way. I believe that. Um, because in our with our with our families and stuff, we do the best we can to raise our kids. Uh, no, our kids are not perfect, you know. Um, but we still deserve justice. Right. No matter what anyone's done, it That's doesn't right. give anyone else the right to no, play God and it does not take to a life. shoot them down like yes. a dog on the street. I yeah. I did never have believed that. I used to joke with my kids when they were younger and says, "I brought you in this world." I'll take and you I out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I will, not right, someone else. Right. <laughs> well, of course, we weren't anyway, but you know what I'm saying. We yeah. just don't feel that that's, that's not the way that God would have us to do. And for those that are listening, we, the younger people, we want the younger people to value life, okay? I don't want to look at my grandson and he has, you know, his dead uncle's name and remember mm-hmm that he's dead. I yeah. want him to see that maybe this has happened, but I have a stronger, brighter future mm-hmm. than what's, you know, than what happened, be, you know, t- to his uncle or whatever. You know, that's that's the future we're trying to paint. Right. So, and I know all the agencies in our area are working hard to find new ways. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got gaming and stuff like that. The East Bluff Community Center has some things going on yeah. for uh, gaming centers, uh, the Carver Center, uh, Proctor Center, there, all our community centers are are trying to get you know things together for, for the, the summer. Youth. Yeah, especially with you know, there's really not anything for the kids to do, especially now with round one closing too. Yeah, I know. And the skating rink is closed, so it's yep. like, okay, where are they going to go? Chuck E. Cheese is the only place, and that's for little kids. I know. So, it's. It's going to be a struggle for parents. And to end. But Art, Inc. is doing some really neat things are. for they kids. Are. And mm-hmm. like you said, Proctor Center and mm-hmm. East Bluff. So there's a lot of They're places that are. They're getting ready. The prevention side yeah. of things are Friendship getting ready House. for, yes, for the yeah. summer. Yeah. And um, when it comes to the the summer, that's one of those fears that we always have. Mm-hmm. Every time it starts getting warm. Yeah. Do you get that feeling, too? Like, I get a knot in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Like People get crazy in the heat yeah. for whatever reasons. I don't know, but, yeah. Yeah. So, but we're going to put our hands on deck and do whatever we have to do as well to support whatever agencies that would have us. Um, we're always available, made ourselves available for a helping hand to come and talk to some of the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we've got more fathers, which is great to see yeah, now, yeah. coming out, supporting the kids in the after-school programs and going to the schools, and they're, they're, they're really visible right now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I also know there's a place there for us mothers, too. Right, and you talked a lot about, you know, there's a lot of young kids that are being raised without their dads, but in addition to that, mm-hmm. some of them are being raised by themselves because their moms are having yeah. to work, you know, two yep. or three jobs just to mm-hmm. keep up with everything. So yeah, that's and there's some who have have lost mothers as well, yeah, and sisters and brothers and stuff like that. But we just have to, you know, um, 
be prayerful and like I said, the young people, they need to we need to figure out this way to get this thing value life. Yes, life is hard right now. But but it's it doesn't give someone the right to take someone else's life. It's not a video game. Right. If they can't come back from it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 it. It's done. Thank you, Rachel. You're welcome.